Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hey everyone, it's Ashley, and we are so excited to begin our sixth season of Two Girls Talking, and what a way to start. Our guests today will have everyone thinking or rethinking everything they thought they knew. Hi guys, it's Anna, and uh, welcome. I'm welcome. so happy to be back with you guys right now. And she's right. Our guest today is Paul Oshinsky, and he is from More in Common. Now, More in Common is an organization that works to bridge divides between just about everything. This group does research to counter the us versus them mentality, which, quite frankly, in this country, we got a lot of that right now. So, right? It's awful. But if you and if you've been paying attention for the past six to seven years, you know that more than anything, this country is divided politically yep. and not not just divided, but almost exactly polar opposites or, or or so we believe. But we may very well be wrong. Isn't that correct, Paul? I hope so, Paul. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Uh, we've done multiple studies here on what we call a perception gap. And that is what we define as the uh, views that, you know, a certain group has, be it Democrats or Republicans, and then the way that uh, those groups perceive the others. So what a Democrat thinks, a Republican thinks. What we find um, in, increasingly as we look at issues, not just on you know, topical areas like immigration, healthcare, but also on how we think about history, we see really big gaps between what one group thinks and what the other group thinks that group thinks. Right, right. And that's kind of where we're starting today, because I read the article in The Washington Post about your research, Diffusing the History War, Finding Common Ground in Teaching America's History. And I was like super amazed what we found, what what you found out. Um, So why don't you give us a little bit of an overall view of what your study found? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as y'all know, how we think about, discuss, teach American history has become this, you know, really contentious part of the culture wars in the U.S. Um, And, you know, in addition to debates about mass mandates, critical race theory, gender, uh, America's schools are really debating, you know, how the national story is being taught. So what we wanted to do is explore why this is happening and where those points of contention are. And over the past year, um, through a bunch of large-scale national surveys, interviews, focus groups, we asked hundreds of Americans about their views on American history and also what they understood to be the views of their fellow Americans. And what we found is that, um, yeah, these history wars, as they're called, are really being fought between imagined enemies. We find that Most Americans across the political spectrum, Democrats, Republicans, independents, agree on fundamental ideas about our national history and how it should be taught. But each side has really fundamental misunderstandings about what the other side believes. Do you think it's because I I find it fascinating? Is it because you think people are just looking for someone to blame for differences? Like, Like, what would you what did you conclude from this? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons that we think, and we've done these perception gap studies in the past, 
And what we found is that um, in our past studies is that folks that are more politically engaged, so people that post political content more on social media, mm-hmm. folks who are more extreme, uh, even folks that are more highly educated have higher perception gaps. Um, so there's a lot of things that oftentimes correlate with a larger perception gap. Um, and what we think part of it is, is, you know, people, Americans often just don't talk to each other from across the aisle. Democrats aren't talking to Republicans. Republicans aren't talking to independents. And what we see is that um, oftentimes people decide to rely on caricatures that they see in the media, whether it's, you know, Fox News or MSNBC. Oftentimes um, you may build your uh, views of another political party based on how they're highlighted in the media, which oftentimes is negative. And then one other quick thing I'd add to that is what we've seen in the past uh, probably five years is that partisan animosity is at really high levels. And what that means is just sort of negative feelings uh, towards the other party. So we, in our surveys, ask questions like, how do you feel towards, you know, Republicans or Democrats? And we find that, you know, both parties majority feel, you know, disgusted, angry, frustrated by the other side. And oftentimes that can translate into misperceptions. You can't see us, but Anna and I are nodding our heads. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, I, I see that a lot. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh, we know. Um, Anna and I have are, um, had many, many conversations over the past two years about um, the side that we are not in favor of and all the things that they're doing wrong. So this right. comes to I mean, me. I, I think that we... Tr- I think that we try. I do, because I have so many friends, you know, um, all of us are, are, are well, I, I'm not exactly sure where, where uh, Paul, you're, um, you're located, but, you know, we're, we're in the DMV. Are you in the DMV with us? No, I'm actually in uh, Austin, Texas, so a little bit of ways. Okay, well, that's actually great, because I, you know, being here in the DMV, we have a lot of different people. And when I say the DMV, that's the district of Maryland, Virginia. Um, we have a lot of people from all over the political spectrum. We are an international transient community here. And I, I guess what I want to know, I, I, so it surprises me that here in this area, while I, I feel like we have a lot of um, divide and polarization, but I, I guess I want to know where did you find the biggest divide when it comes to our history and, and this particular study of the history war? What area of the country did you find the biggest divide, the biggest difference in perception? Or did you? Yeah, that's a really good question. So just kind of the nature of these surveys. So we did a kind of large scale quantitative surveys, a couple thousand Americans, and that's representative across the U.S. So um, we didn't actually survey specific states or cities or regions. Um, It's pretty difficult to do kind of a a large scale analysis of of different areas unless we, you know, do want to zoom in on, you know, the D.C. area or Texas or somewhere like that. So I think it's it's really difficult to say if there's you know perception gaps in one area of the country but not in other areas of the country. But I mean, I think you could probably assume uh, you know in certain areas where you know folks are 
more homogenous, you know, certain rural areas, maybe certain urban areas where just individual Americans aren't having interactions with people with different political views, different generations, uh, different races, you're probably going to see more uh, perception gaps there, as opposed to when you have, you know, more heterogeneous, uh, you know, part of the country where there's people across the political spectrum and all sorts of other demographics actually, you know, talking with each other, interacting with each other, things like that. One of the things that I thought was interesting from your research that I found is that even though it can appear that, let's say, Republicans don't, you know, critical race theory is a huge thing right now. And, and yeah. um, it, it's it's not taught here where where we where we live. I don't know where it's taught. Um, and honestly, I don't really know if anybody actually knows what CRT is other than talking points. I mean, I, I can't really get into it, but I do know that it's not taught here mm-hmm. in this area where our kids go to school. Um, but I guess what was one of the that how history is taught is, is was one of the big sticking points or one of the big study points in your study research. Why are we so divided? What is the 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 one thing or the the, the things that are dividing us? Because it should be, and at least to me, kind of simple, right? I mean, I know yeah. history is belongs to the victors, but is it really so bad to see other points of view? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I think at least from from our research, what we've seen is that, you know, we're not saying in this report that there's no disagreements over history. There are absolutely disagreements um, on a host of topics that are, you know, fair and valid debates. But as you're saying with, you know, something like critical race theory, what we've seen is that um, in, you know, other survey research from Pew Research, um, other polling firms is that most Americans don't really even know what critical race theory is. It's extremely difficult to define. And even in you know, surveys of teachers across America, we've seen that most people, most teachers, most classrooms aren't teaching things like this. Um, so you absolutely have a point there. Um, but what we found in our study, there are you know, a few disagreements um, that Americans do have really valid disagreements. And, and one is, you know, how to draw connections between past injustices and present day America. Um, you know, what we found in our survey is that just about a half of white Americans agreed that, you know, we need to do more to acknowledge past injustices. But when you look, you know, across different racial groups, Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, you see higher support for, you know, a need to acknowledge past wrongs. Uh, But what we also see um, is that when we ask this question on lingering on the past, and if lingering on the past can prevent us from moving forward, we see that most Americans are, you know, supportive of this statement, including majority across uh, different racial groups. So I think that's one area of disagreement. The other one is kind of uh, more focused on emphasis. Mm -hmm. Um, Americans are, you know, kind of split on whether the history of specific groups such as, you know, immigrants, women, indigenous, black Americans are given preference relative to, you know, a history that elevates a shared national identity. Um, So that's kind of one of the bigger disagreements that we've seen in, in the, you know, 
topic of American history. Um, one thing you said in the beginning um, that your survey found, and correct me if I'm using the wrong term, but it was like, it's it, it, there's like, Americans are like angry or disagreeing with this like invisible enemy. It, was that the term you used? Or it, it was yeah. like, right. And I think that's really fascinating. And like, like we want to be mad at the Republicans and we want to be mad at the Democrats, but it sounds like we've just created our own invisible um, party to be angry at and just blame the other party that we're against. Is that right? No, that's absolutely right. I'll give you kind of four examples here, two from each side of the perception gap study. So I'll first give you kind of a, a statement that we gave to Republicans, and then we asked Democrats to estimate how they thought Republicans would respond. So our first statement we asked was, Americans have a responsibility to learn from our past and fix our mistakes. So Democrats think only about a third, so a small minority of Republicans would agree. The real number of Republicans who agree is over nine and 10, so more than 90%. Another yes. example, yeah, it's, it's a huge difference. Second statement we asked was, Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks should be taught as as examples of Americans who fought for equality. Again, Democrats think, you know, just a third of Republicans would agree. And in fact, we see more than 90% of Republicans do. Wow. So, um, wow. yeah, yeah, they're really big gaps. I guess um, though the divide so, would be, yeah. I guess the divide would be how they're taught. And is it, and we're just talking, and we'll get into the, what the Democrats, you know, what the Republicans believe about the Democrats. but. I guess what I'm wondering is, is it how, I mean, is it that if we say white people did this to these people and this is what happens then, is that offensive to some of people of a certain particular party as opposed to people of the other party who are like, yeah, that that, that is what happened. And now let's move on. I mean, are people like taking this personally is that where we're getting this divide from? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a good question. And one thing that we've seen is like thinking about how history is actually taught. So um, one statement we asked was just kind of a basic statement. It's important to teach the history of racism. And what we see is only about half of Republicans agree with that. And when we get more specific about um, teaching American history, so about how you know, Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks should be taught as uh, examples of Americans who fought for equality. We see that, you know, an overwhelming majority of Republicans support those kind of more specific statements. So mm. I do think that what I'm trying to get at is um, oftentimes uh, Republicans, Democrats um, think that, you know, when you just ask about a, a you know, narrow statement like teaching the history of racism, those things don't get support at all because people think that they're being taught, you know, all those sorts of critical race theory boogeyman that you mm -hmm. see on certain news sites. But um, when you get more specific with statements, you see that support starts to rise. Oh, OK, that's interesting. So what about the other side? You gave us uh, statements that you gave to Republicans. What about questions you gave to Democrats? Yeah, sure. And we see a really similar pattern here. So um, these are statements that we gave to Democrats and then we asked Republicans, how would you think or what percentage of Democrats would agree with this statement? 
So first one, uh, all students should learn about how the Declaration of Independence and Constitution advanced freedom and equality. So Republicans think, you know, less than half of Democrats would agree with that. And what we see is more than 90 percent of Democrats do. Uh, second one, um, students should not be fade, made to feel guilty or personally responsible for the errors of prior generations. Again, you see re Republicans thinking less than half. So a minority of Democrats would agree. Hmm. Democrats overwhelmingly agree with that statement. So what we see on this side is that, you know, Republicans, you know, don't think that Democrats want to, you know, educate students about America's founding documents. Um, and they, you know, want to instill students with guilt or powerlessness. And it's just not true. I find this very fascinating. And I wonder, like, you know, are our lawmakers to blame because they're the ones out campaigning, getting um, their party riled up against the other side and making these potentially false claims about what the other side wants to do. Do you think that our lawmakers are to blame for this div division when we're really not that divided after all? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think fundamentally when you look at the landscape, you see that Americans just fundamentally misunderstand each other when it comes to American history. And at the end of the day, um, elected officials are representative of, you know, the U.S. population. So you'll see a sort of connection there. And what we also see is that, you know, the folks who are most extreme, uh, more politically engaged Americans uh, often hold uh, higher perception gaps. And we saw that a few years ago in, in our uh, original perception gap study. And these are folks who are more likely to vote in local elections, call their member of Congress, um, you know, and, you know, in theory, go to, you know, school board meetings complaining about critical race theory. So what you see is that, you know, these more engaged Americans are often the people that are setting the agenda or setting the conversation as opposed to the average or, you know, what we call the exhausted majority who yeah. are often less engaged in politics. Uh, that that's interesting that you call them that you call us that because I'm probably there too. The exhausted majority. Um, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> right. Is it is it because um, th these um, uber engaged uh, citizens of ours from both spectrums, these uber engaged citizens of both spectrums, um, is it because the rest of us are just lazy? I mean, what is it? What? Yeah, well, like, yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, we'll let them, we'll let them handle it because right. they're the loud ones. I, like, somewhere yeah. we want to get the cliff notes, and we don't really want to dive <laughs> into it ourselves. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, you know, call most of Americans lazy or anything. <laughs> I'm <laughs> but, not America. You're hardworking. <laughs> but no, I mean. I think what it comes down to is that in the way we've studied this in our, our segmentation of Americans, which we did a few years back, we call the hidden tribes. And we have this exhaust, exhaust majority that makes up, you know, nearly 85% uh, of Americans. Then you have, you know, just 14% of the population on these wing groups that have really the most polarizing views on this compared to the average American. Yet, you know, those again are the folks that are dominating national debates. So um, I, I don't know if the, you know, the calling card is to be, you know, more Americans in the middle, people who are uh, 
not engaged in politics need to step up or need to be part of the debate. Because I think one of the other problems is that, you know, if you look at social media, if you look at media, um, you see the extreme views being highlighted. Um, so it may just be sort of a fundamental nature of, you know, places like social media, they attract uh, an unrepresentative sample of the country. So what, how do we, what do we, what do we do? Where do we go from here with, with knowing this fascinating information? Like, hello guys, this is everyone listening. This is groundbreaking. We're actually not all that different. We share the same views. Absolutely. How do we like one, I think obviously we need to raise awareness. Like that's, that's one part of this, but how do we, um, despite the differences come together and start having more constructive conversations, knowing that, Hey, we're actually not all that different. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the million dollar question. I think there's a, a lot of resources and groups that we work with, but I think fundamentally it come it comes down to checking your biases and your perception gaps and, um, kind of becoming aware that, you know, your views of another group or another person mm -hmm. often hinge on what you've seen on the news or what you've seen on Facebook or Twitter, or social media. And what you can do is, you know, talk to an American that has different beliefs or different views, be intentional about that. There's plenty of organizations. StoryCorps is one that, you know, pairs Americans uh, with different political beliefs together to yeah. have a, you know, our conversation. Um, so I think those two things are big. And um, I would also say there's, you know, at least in the research space, there's a lot of interventions to reduce uh, perception gaps. So, you know, we found that, you know, having dialogue, uh, just kind of like having a, a chat or even just, you know, interacting or thinking or writing about someone with different political beliefs can often reduce your perception gap. You know, and something else as you were talking, Paul, made me think about, you know, to our viewers, a lot of whom are parents. I do think a lot of this starts in the home too. Um, you know, I, with my strong political beliefs these days, I found myself, I actually witnessed my children emulating me and I didn't like what I heard because it was very against the other side. And so I had to kind of back myself up and then restart with them all over again, because I was doing exactly what we do. Your survey says that that's being done. So I do, and, and I'm curious for your thoughts too, but I do think it, it starts in the home and being mindful and having those conversations with our children that like, yes, there are differences, but we're actually not all that different too. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's important to honor every and respect everyone's differences and come, come to the table with a curious heart and ear. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right, Ashley, because my kids are older than Ash's and um, I have one in college and, and the other one's in high school. And um, I do know that, well, because I am a journalist, so the television and broadcast news and streaming news is my white noise. And I've grown up with it in the and for a long time, Ashley did too. And yeah. Um, our kids really do um, uh, soak that in. And when my son, who now goes to school in a different part of the country, um, one of his, I think, bigger surprises was that, you know, as I said, we're here in the DMV and we are surrounded by 
a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. And and honestly, I, I'll tell you, Paul, um, it's not in this area, I guess, so much that I feel um, as much polarization as I do when I leave the Beltway. Um, yeah. Because there are so many people with so many different views and we grow up like this, right? I mean, we grow up, you know, we grow up with with our neighbors working for the FBI. We grew up with our neighbors working for the Institute of Peace. We, I mean, yep. these are the people in our community. Okay. So I, I think that my son was um, really, um, I don't want to say shocked, but perhaps surprised that there were, uh, was a um, lessening of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Of, of different opinions and stuff that was a real eye-opener uh for him um but growing up yeah you I, I really had to I really had to temper how I spoke to the kids because I saw that in them as well reflecting me and Paul I I also wonder you know for for the work that you all are doing which I think is so important so needed what is more in common do now and what have you been doing with this data, with this study? Are you talking to lawmakers? Are you like, I just want to know like what, what's next, what else is being done? Yeah. Yeah. In since, you know, we're a 501 C three nonprofit, we're not, you know, involved in any sort of political discussions with legislators and things like that. But I mean, what we want to do is kind of help, you know, more Americans, more people understand, you know, that their perceptions are often really wrong. And the ways we do that is through, you know, just kind of spreading awareness about our research, um, kind of uh, encouraging self-reflection on topics like this. We have a quiz that uh, I know you were mentioning that, you know, you can take to see what your perception gap actually is. Uh, But uh, I think other than that, on the research side, we're um, you know, leading different interventions in the next few months to reduce perception gaps. So testing whether you know a dialogue or maybe even a video of a Democrat or Republican explaining their political views can uh, reduce perception gaps uh, across the political spectrum. That's fascinating. Well, tell people where can they go to find this this quiz? I, you know, I read about you in the Washington Post. That's how I found out about your your organization, and that's how I found out about the study. So, where can people go to take the test, the quiz? Because I think that people are going to be just astounded. I know I was astounded at how perhaps incorrectly we believe. Yeah, all one word: historyperceptiongap.us. And they can take the test there. And you can take it there. Yeah, it should be just below there. And if not, you can go to our website, uh, moreincommon.com and, and navigate that way. But yeah. All right. Is this how people can find out more about you is your website if people are interested in, in perhaps even getting involved? Yeah. yeah that's a good point. Um, and we have a bunch of resources on this website, uh, historyperceptiongap.us. I feel like I'm plugging it too much. But uh, um, we have a bunch of (laughs) graphics, um, all sorts of, um, you know, resources, uh, toolkits folks can use and download to kind of look at their perception gap, look at others' perception gap and kind of learn how to uh, take part a little more. Well, thank you, Paul. It it was it's been eye opening talking to you um, and just for me, reinforcing what I read 
Um, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me, fascinating. And thank you for doing this really, this important work. I mean, it's been eye-opening for me. I know listeners, we'd love to hear from you. I hope it's been just as eye-opening for you too. Well, we will be back in two weeks, listeners. Thank you for sticking with us. Bye.